Optimize My Life, the ultimate radio show where we unlock the secrets to living our best lives. Now, before we dive into this exciting journey of self-improvement and empowerment, I want to take a moment to thank our incredible sponsor, The Hope Collection, for making this show possible. Their unwavering commitment to spreading hope and positivity in our lives is truly remarkable. We believe in the power of interaction, so we want you to be a part of this incredible journey. Call in, write to us, or connect on social media. We'd love to hear your questions, experiences, and challenges. Together, we'll create a thriving community of like-minded individuals, supporting each other to thrive and shine. Good morning. Hello. Okay. Hey, Doug. There we go. Sorry, there's a delay on our screen. Hi, it's okay. Happy new day. I am talking a little slurred because I just got a crown replaced. So my whole left side is numb. (laughs) Shout out to the wonderful people at Good Samaritan Hospital and Good Samaritan Clinic. Um, Helping the community in one cavity at a time, okay? I'm reporting live from their kitchen with my good friend and mentor, Audrey Lorraine, who is their liaison of communication. I'm also joined today by my bestie, SDSD, who is putting in her community service hours. So shout out to Ashley L., okay? So first and foremost, guys, it is sober September. <coughs> And we talked about this last week, and it had been since September 5th that I have been sober. Okay. We're going to rock out the rest of my- <laughs> Thank you all so much. And um, one thing I did when I, when I first started this was I talked to my therapist. I am a strong advocate and belief in therapy. Every single body needs it from the children to the pop pop, okay? I think finding the great uh, right therapist for you can really help you shape and mold your future and how you want to be. One thing um, coming into sober September is habits. A lot of us have good habits and we have bad habits. Sometimes our bad habits are they they take over the good habits. So during this over September, I am hoping to gain some good new habits and really hone in on on what's the what's next. Having a plan, having a just good habits. Good habits include taking care of yourself. 
first and foremost. People say that that's selfish, but I feel that if you take care of yourself first, then you can take care of all your surroundings. A lot of people say, oh, I do it for my children. I do it, you know, for that. But if you're doing it for your kids, that means you need to do it for yourself first. You can't take care of your family if you're not taken care of. And more so taking care of your mental health. Mental health has become a hot topic in all communities, but more recently in the black and brown communities. A lot of times we thought that it was, you know, unheard of to go to a therapist and it automatically meant that you were crazy or, you know, to admit that you need help was a sign of weakness. And one thing I know about the black woman is that she will carry all the things on her and will literally be drowning but will reach over to help someone else. It's it's in their nature. It's in... It's, it's just in their things. And then I'm going to expand that uh, realm and bring it to all women. Because women have that sense of nurturing that is instilled in them. And then when they become a mother, that really uh, heightens the sense of taking care of others before itself. And like I said, forgive my little bit of a slur. My uh, whole left side is numb <laughs> because I had a crown in place this morning, like right now. So thank you all for being patient and uh, coming on when you did. But mental health can be helped by your good habits, and it can be worsened by your bad habits. Habits include on things that you read every day people that you talk to every day, things that you watch, food that you eat, the people who surround you, your community. Uh, Even when it comes to your um, officials and leaders who are in place, your Congress people who are in place to help things better for you. Last night I attended the West End Merchant Coalition uh, meeting for small businesses, and they're trying to fund the small businesses in the West End, but a lot of the times these areas are looked over because gentrification has happened, and it pushed a lot of the small black businesses out of the community because, one, they couldn't afford it, and then, two, once they couldn't afford it, they were pushed in other communities or forced to close, and then gentrification took place, people came in and bought up the area, and then they're turning it into things that we, the community cannot thrive on, such as liquor stores, dollar stores, um, breweries, um, speakeasies, when once upon a time the West End was like the richest of the whole Atlanta because it's like the black mecca of Black-owned businesses, Raph David Abernathy being one of those streets that um, is literally the whole street is black businesses. And so while we were at this meeting, one of the things that um, kept coming about was 
where's the funding for these businesses when other businesses can get funded? Same business, same concept, but when it comes to a minority-owned business, they want to check, you know, your um, bank statements three to five years before and credit score. However, when other people come in, they come in as groups, and they only check about a year to two years back of your bank statement. So a lot of times we were trying to figure out was was it fair, as you know, as it is for other groups for minorities. The conditions that are are in the West End is due to other justifications in other areas, such as like uh, Northside Drive and the Mercedes Benz Stadium. And all of those areas, Vine City, um, if you are from Atlanta, you'll know. And when gentrification happened, back, back in 1992, the first, the first great gentrification was when the Olympics came. And all of these old people got pushed out of their homes because they couldn't pay the taxes because they raised the taxes on their, their homes and their businesses. So they were just put out. A lot of these people were put out on the streets. A lot of the homeless shelters closed. A lot of the veteran uh, shelters closed. So these people were just left to fend for themselves. Was left to fend for themselves. And now it's become a problem in the West End because all the, all the other communities have pushed these people. And because West End is Black-owned and this is where we try to help our people the most, now it's beginning to be a lot of, riffraff and eyesoreness on the street because they literally don't have anywhere to go. So and during this meeting, we were trying to say, hey, how can we help? And one thing was brought up, there's a, a, two hospitals that recently closed in Atlanta. And we were trying to, you know, let the city officials know that, hey, is there government funding to take these hospitals and make them veteran homes? because a lot of the homelessness in Atlanta is from retired veterans. And they can't get the resources that they need due to the conditions on how they live. So then this becomes another thing. If I have a business in the West End and I have, I call them pots. I don't like to call them homeless people. I call them people of the street for their pots. And because I'm one decision away from being a pot. So when it comes to them and how they operate, nothing is being done. Nothing is being said. So that's why the West End Merchant Coalition exists, so that small businesses can continue to thrive, even in the hardship of gentrification coming in and raising their rent on their businesses, and they're being forced to put out. I just happen to be one of those businesses I got my career started in Juiced Up at Culture South. Shout out to Melanie. Uh, 1038 White Street. When I first moved into that shared kitchen, my rent was $350 a month. About six months in, it was raised to 500 This was in 2018. I'm sorry, 2019. 2019. So the summer happened, 2019, my rent goes up to 500 The next year when we were back to renewing the leases, 
the um the great COVID happened and my rent went from five hundred to fifteen hundred. As a small business just now starting out, how on earth can I survive with just now um getting established as a business, just now getting clientele, my rent has already went up from three fifty to five fifty and now it's triple. Fifteen hundred dollars. I was forced to move out of that commercial space and I found a black owned shared kitchen on the west side of Atlanta, which is a very very, very, very common. And when I say common, there are a lot of drugs, there are a lot of gangs, just a lot of tomfoolery and hoopla going on in that area. But yet my business, it thrived. It was something that the community wanted to see. It was something that the community uh, fought for. And I had an amazing two years there until the Westside Future Fund came in and granted me a loan for a commercial space. And that's when we got um, where we are now. So I love Fair Street because it really let me know that I was a good entrepreneur and a good business owner. So 1017 Fair Street has a special place in my heart and in Juiced Up, because we never would have made it. Shout out to Marty's Shared Kitchen, Keetra and Tim over there, and Miss Leela, God bless her soul. She passed away shortly um, after I met her. I think she was the right old age of 103. So may she rest in heaven, Miss Leela. So... When it comes to this sober September, I'm really starting to hone in on those good habits on where I came from and how I can help the community to be sober. And when I say the community be sober, I don't just mean like off drugs. I mean like off of not wanting to help each other because that's a bad habit. Off of not knowing resources and avenues that can help other businesses grow and not offering them up because... You don't want to help the next person. There is a sobriety that needs to happen as a people when it comes to health. Because being quiet, nonchalant, uncaring, uninvolved, these things are bad habits. We are stronger together. And if we go into these communities and we do community watch and do community cleanup and do community um, geared community uh, activities geared towards helping one another, we can all turn this thing around. Shout out to Good Samaritan Health Center because every Thursday I volunteer my time because a lot of people from restaurants, grocery stores, um, and surrounding food banks deliver food here. And on Thursday, we package them up. We make uh, hygiene kits. 
and then we go out into the street and we pass them out every single Thursday. Those are the good habits and good trouble that I think John Lewis was talking about. So how are you sober in your community? Or are you just drunken to the things that's going on and you turn a blind eye? What can you do in your community to make it thrive, to make it safer for our children, to make it safer for our elderly? What can you do? And I ask that question because sometimes people of other races don't see it and they don't experience it. They say, oh, I don't think that that's a problem. I don't don't think that that's a problem. I just think that the only thing that's left to do is, you know, help myself. But if you can't help, the people around you, then surely you can't help yourself. That's why it's important to go to your town hall meetings. It's important to engage in um, the local businesses around. Ask them what are their challenges. Ask them what do they need. Ask them how can they, how can you support them? Can you volunteer? Can you help a small business today? A lot of times we don't want to help because we feel like it's going to hinder us in our growth and the things we have going on. So not true. So not true at all. It just comes a time where we have to put our egos and our pride aside and help those who cannot help themselves, which is why I love therapy so much. Sometimes we just need to talk it out with like-minded people. Sometimes we just need to have someone listen to us. Shout out to my therapist. She's actually on the call today. Hey, Mary. And one thing that I have learned with her is that things will happen and it will be a moment. And it may be that moment that almost take you out of here, but it's how you react in that moment and how you can think. So let's think how we can be better in our community in that moment. When we see things happening, you know, let's say something. Let's not just turn a blind eye because it doesn't affect me, but in actuality, it does affect you. If you're not here. And um, it comes a time where if you don't take accountability in your community, when you leave this community, there are people going to leave, they're going to live on your children other family members, and they're not going to be able to help the situation because it's going to be too far out of hand. I always say Atlanta has almost turned into the wild, wild west because there's so many killings and shootings that are happening right here in our community, and we turn a blind eye to it and we don't speak up. 
I want to um, take a moment and send my deepest condolences to um, a person who I call my friend, and he was actually my project leader when I worked at Marriott, um, Mr. Charles George, who recently lost his sister for unbeknownst reasons. Um, the news said they think it was a act of road rage. And she was in the car with her seven-year-old son, and they shot up that car. Her son survived, but she did not. And she doesn't even live in Atlanta. She was here visiting for Memorial Day weekend. And this child will never see his mom alive again. And it comes, and I just wanted to say those things because I, you know, last week we talked about, like, moms and the things that they taught us. And that child is going to need some type of assistance and some type of therapy. Because I was that child at one point. Um, My mom was murdered in front of me when I was four. And although it it wasn't directly in front of me like this child, it was uh, she dropped me off at the nursery and she went back outside, got into an argument with her then boyfriend, and um, she went to get her gun and they got in a struggle and he took it from her and shot her. So I heard the shot. No child should have to grow through that between the internet and the way the life life is now, people have been desensitized. And people just, frankly, don't give a shit about people anymore. People are not willing to help. And to be honest with you, I, I don't blame you. Because back in the day, if you saw someone on the side of the road and they looked like they were in distress and needed help, you were more open and receptive to helping them. Now, if you try that, you may be snatched up for trafficking. And that is a scary situation to be in. <clears throat> Bless you. And again, it starts with you and your good habits. It starts with how can we help? How can we make things better? How can we thrive to become better as a people? Those questions are difficult to ask. Those questions are literally disheartening because we can't do anything but but sit back and wait. Or can you do something? Can you go to your city council and you let them know, hey, this is going on in my community. How can we how can we help this? Can we do community watch? Can we come in and literally help people who cannot help themselves. 
again, creating that good habit. Change the narrative. Get involved in your community. Walk around it and clean it up. Because I guarantee you, people will see what you're doing and they will want to be a part of it. People will begin to understand that it's bigger than just one person. Again, together as a community, we can all thrive for the betterment and change these communities and turn them around and make them safe again. Make them just able to walk the streets at night and you're not having to look over your shoulder and worry about, oh, you know, what's going on because you're in a safe place. I see children on the train sometimes as young as six years old. I haven't seen anyone younger than that, but I know that there's some child somewhere that has to take public transportation because their mom can't get them to school so they have to get themselves to school. How strong is that mother to send her child out to go to school and come home by his or herself? But yet I've seen it time and time. And uh, (laughs) Gage wants to actually ride the train by himself to his grandma's house. It terrifies me. But I also know that at at some point he he's going to want to do it to the point where he's going to do it on his own. And I'm not going to be able to stop him. I'm not going to be able to tell him about the dangers of the world. It's some of the things he's just going to have to learn on his own. Now, some of you will probably disagree with me on that. But not just because he's on the spectrum, but children as a whole are having to grow up sooner than what they would normally do just because of the Internet. They walk outside and see certain things. They're subjected to things at school, gay, straight, bi, tri, uh, all the things, LBGTQ, LMNOP, ally. I can't even keep up because it's changing daily. And I support all groups and all things in all the ways. But some children should just be left as that, and that's children. They shouldn't have to grow up as fast as they are these days. And it literally makes me sick to my stomach at some of the people that are in this world and some of the things they do to people and children. So when it comes to how can I help, how can I be greater, what can I do in my community, just get out there. Most of the times we we get money and we move to, to other areas of the city because we don't want to deal with the crime or we don't want to deal with the, the pollution or we don't want to deal with the, the pots on the street. But in all actuality, we really need to be out there letting them know we're here 
helping them find resources, helping them navigate when they can't. We are definitely at war when it comes to drugs and politics because all things are not created equal in that sense. And it comes a time where we want to help, but we turn that blind eye. And then it comes to a point where after so long, we're pushed out of different situations simply because we don't want to look at it. We don't want to be a part of it. It doesn't it doesn't affect me, but it does. It affects you on all of the levels. It affects the fact that if you allow this to continue to go on, and this is any community, this is not just Atlanta, this is any community. Anything that you think could be better in your community, anything that you think you need to talk about in your community, when I say be that change that you want to see, it starts small. When you throw a pebble into some water, ripples happen. A little small act, such as people who gather the West End Merchant Coalition, such as those people who come in and they just clean up the park because the park our children can't play in the parks because this is where the pots gather and create their own community. There's a community in Atlanta called Tent City. Literally a sea of tents where a lot of the pots go and they've created their own community near the freeway. And then people have the nerve to say, oh, it's such an eyesore, all those people. But yet we close down the homeless shelter. We refuse to help our own people. Health care is not affordable. The prices of food is going up and up. How can we help ourselves? Get on your neighborhood watches. Deal with some situations sober. Get into therapy. Get into groups that are really about that life when it comes to equality and justice. For all. Volunteer your time. The most precious thing that you can do for a person is give your time. And people are like, oh, I don't want to waste my time. La, la, la. Not about you wasting your time.
give your time so you can have a little bit more time, so your children can have time, so your grandchildren can have time, so your great-grandchildren can have time. Because in a minute, all of our time is running out. Mary, you have anything you want to say, girl? Um, today mm-hmm. at 6 p.m. Eastern, Chris Foley comes back, and we are launching Voices of the Youth. It's a new show to help combat abuse, trafficking, the foster care system, and all the things that go with it. Awesome. I'm excited. Welcome back, Chris. Also, next week is the September 11th anniversary. We'll be remembering. You know what the sad part is about that? Tell me. They're not even teaching 9-11 in schools. Really? Yeah, they're not even observing it in a lot of places. Like, I got a a text message from our Boy Scout leader saying, oh, um, Monday we're going to do an ice cream social, and we're going to do some testing for the new popcorn we're going to sell. Who all is going to make it? And I sent a message back. I go, my kids aren't going. It's 9-11. Exactly. Like they're like, oh, okay. Like they didn't even care. Wow. I have a nine eleven story that I'll wait until the nine eleven. That's just to me, it's messed up. Mm-hmm. It is special, like our modern it- day Pearl Harbor. Yes, for everyone who lost their lives, for all the people who were affected by it, for all the people who came and helped. Yeah, we remember. We definitely remember. And I know Mary, even next week is Mm -hmm. bringing back that kindness, bringing back that feeling. You know, when 9-11 happened, how many people ran into the building to pull people out, not run away from it? You know, they were, yeah, we were helping each other out. They were, people were giving people rides. Hotels were opening up their doors because airplanes stopped. Trains stopped. You were stuck wherever mm-hmm. that plane landed. No idea who you were, where you were. We need to go back to that instead of this cancel culture. I mean, to me, it's just insane.
Well, I guess I got to end this statement for everybody. Mm-hmm. Hey, country. Hi there. I was while I while you were sitting thinking, Georgia. I'm too here in the Atlanta area, in the Georgia area. Again, we call it the wild, wild west. But then while you was talking, I went to my old hometown church. It's 186 years old, and years ago man took a branding iron and in the front of it, it says, do this in remembrance of me. That's a Southern Baptist kind of thing that we have mm-hmm. communion still in the old school, but do this in remembrance of me. Fast forward to Tate. I'll talk real fast. If you'll get this real fast. Mm-hmm. I remember we was doing a show and we was talking about the same type of thing where a tragedy actually happened. And instead of it being a bomb, I think they threw a football bomb and somebody got hurt. Mm-hmm. At that particular time, they said, we want to push the pause button and we want everybody, all knees shall bow. <laughs> yeah. He said, we want Everybody, that means everybody that was watching around the world and y'all listening around the world, we want everybody to take a moment of silence and just pray. Cliff note for you. Dr. King says, I've been around the world more than one time, but I've seen all different types of cults. I've seen all different types of evil. I've been to the wild, wild west. I've seen all different types of evil, but I got a question for you religious people. When is those so-called religious people going to start showing up and said enough is enough is enough? That's why Mary said we're going to talk to you more about kindness because the bullies has been showing up, but kindness has been running in the other direction. Direction. Now, when I go back to this, we're going to take a moment of silence and pray. I just told you, he said, all needs. But why is it that we have to wait till tragedy comes before we de- decide that we're going to come together and just pray? Oh, I forgot. When they said that, I started laughing on the inside because they didn't understand that the God that we serve is omnipotent. Yeah, he's everywhere. At the same time, he's already seen that we can solve this problem if we'll get up and do what we need to do. They spent $13 billion on what would Jesus do. Ha, country's laughing again. What would Jesus do? What you going to do? Georgette just asked you, are you going to turn a blind eye in your own community? Are you going to be frightened because your kid can't go to the local grocery store and get a piece of bubble gum by yourself? Come on, you people. Last one for you. We calling you out. Yeah, country boys calling you out. We're talking about every man, every woman, every boy, and every girl coming together to help make for a better world. What can you do? Pray, start right now, become part of the Hope Foundation. Why? What do we do over here? We have no hidden agendas. We have no hidden motives on what we do. We have every intention on blessing you, 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 and your family by doing what? Uniting. I call it one nation under love. Oh, I forgot to tell you. He says, I am that I am that I am. I am love. And I learned that when I was a young boy that love solves all 
scrub rules all. So here it comes. We want you guys to get up and start doing something. I was telling the kids. Now I'm telling the OGs, that's some old folks like us, to start practicing. Practicing what? Being kind. Practice helping people. Over here at the Hope Foundation, we help people so that they can help other people. So if you want to become part of the movement, we're starting a new revolution today. Then start by going out and giving, giving, giving some love, some hope, and some kindness away. Practice it. Keep in mind, it don't mean you're going to get perfect. That means we're going to get better and better and better. Whatever it is we do, do unto others before, before, before they do unto you. Because when you give some love, some hope and kindness away, it will eventually come right back to you, even if it does not come from the person that you saved, that you helped. But we got one major call in mind. We're about our father's business. Back to you, Mary. (laughs) Thank you, country. We appreciate it. Sorry, I had a cough. I have weather here has been insane. Mm-hmm. I am complete on today. I still have no uh, feeling in that left side, but I'm grateful. I'm grateful to each and every one of you in your respectful places. I'm so grateful for you. You hold me up and down, okay? Works two ways. Mm-hmm. Join us at 12 o'clock. What's that show? I'm sorry, what? What happens at 12? I was uh, announcing the 12 o'clock show. Um, Bob talks about digital currency. Perfect. Jugs, I hope you have the best day ever. Go out. Be the change you want to see in your community. Get involved. There is no act too small. Give a dollar away, maybe even two. Step back, watch it grow, see what it can do. I love you. It ain't shit you can do about it. Give yourself a hug. Pat yourself on the back. You made it. Good job. And I'll see you when I see you or I'll see you in these Atlanta streets. Cheers. Cheers. Hey, call me after. Absolutely. <laughs>